Welcome to May the Podcast Be With You. I'm Stephen Mather, solicitor and your business lawyer. I help small and medium-sized business owners and directors manage their legal problems. But more than that, I like to enjoy life, smile and learn from others. So this podcast is a way to help me and you learn how to be successful, whatever that may mean. So welcome along to May the Podcast Be With You. I'm Stephen Mather, your host, and this podcast used to be called The Business Herald, but it was just too time-consuming to research, prepare, record, and edit a weekly business news podcast. So I've dropped that title in favour of recording a monthly podcast instead, where I'll be talking about various business matters, as well as interviewing guests and finding out what makes them successful. So this week is a Christmas stroke end of year special, and I'm joined by some of the regulars of the Business Era podcast. So let's introduce them. First up, James Blacklaws. James is a commercial finance broker and has a very keen ear to the ground on the issues of the economy. We have Jamie Cochran. Jamie is with PBC Business Recovery and Insolvency, which helps businesses and individuals in difficult financial situations. We've got Neil Wattam on the line, and he is a founder of Wattam Kirby Me. It's a fairly new but very successful firm of financial advisors based in Leicestershire. And finally, but no means least, Paul Green, who owns and runs the business community, a network of hundreds of small businesses across the Midlands. So welcome along. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Stephen. So here we are. Look, we are... We are now coming up to two years since we all first started to hear about this new coronavirus in Wuhan, China, Um, although it's still a couple of months away from uh, realising that it was going to impact everybody uh, massively in the UK. Um, Over the course of the the Business Herald podcast that we did, we looked at a number of times and uh, we talked about a variety of different schemes as they were introduced from sort of uh, March time onwards um, over the course of last year. And they've had their impact or uh, and reduced impact over the last uh, the last 12 months. Um, so we've had the furlough scheme, SEACIS, bounce back loans, lower VAT for hospitality, coronavirus loans, Kickstarter and, and loads more besides. So my question to you guys is, have those schemes worked? Have they actually helped businesses? And what happens now? We have the new, new, vi- uh, new um, Omicron variant uh, that's going to be even worse and kill us all and it's terrible and devastating do the government bring back some things that helped or is it no you've had your you've, you've had your fill and you know you kind of you're on your own so i'm going to come to jamie first if that's okay um i will i will pick furlough um i think furlough really did work um i think a lot of businesses around march april time last year is last year isn't it cool that's a <laughs> scary to think um <laughs> would have would have gone oh my god i've got to close i've got all these employees that i can't afford to pay what am i going to do with them i'm going to have to let them go um and i think furlough was a very good scheme um, that kind of introduced was introduced and definitely helped keep those um employees um kind of ticking over um hopefully kept enough of them going on their own monthly bills um and i think that was a really really good scheme um I'm sure we're going to talk about the bounce back loan uh, scheme a lot. Um, I'm sure the other the other people will. But um, from our from our side, we're already seeing um, people ringing us up for advice, um, wanting to close companies, um, and they've got bounce back loans that they were never entitled to. Um, we've had two dormant companies ring us up and say, "I've got a bounce back loan. Um, what can I do?" Um, well, pay it back, uh, and it was fr- and they were convinced that the bank would have would have stopped and wouldn't have given them the loan. 
um, whereas obviously they signed the self-certification um, fraudulently. So mm -hmm. I, I think um, I think that's uh, that's that's my initial thoughts on on uh, on that. Yeah, I think um, there's 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 seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of people that have taken out bounce back loans fraudulently. James, you're you're uh, got some knowledge on that and sort of not inside information, but you kind of attuned to that situation. So. Um, tell us, you, you, there's billions of bounce back loans that have been fraudulently claimed, haven't there? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I would say so. I think the bounce back loan will probably keep Jamie in business for a couple of years at least, um, without a doubt. Um, late, latest projections are that anywhere between 10 and 20% of bounce back loans taken out were taken out fraudulently. And um, I believe the, the true figure, when to actually apply what fraudulent, a bit more of a looser definition of fraudulent, will probably be nearer 30, 40%, to be honest. But people exaggerating their income, people you know, self-declaring things which weren't actually true. Um, how many of those actually end up being defaulted on? We're not too sure. But to actually answer your question, and I'll, I'll relate it to the bounce back loan, as it's my sort of particular area of expertise. Do I think it was something that was probably needed? Yeah, yes, in a way, because it was some. It was a facility which allowed some support to businesses, many of whom didn't qualify otherwise. So if you couldn't claim on furloughs, you needed to keep your modest staff in place or you didn't have a business premises so you couldn't claim any of the grants. Then for a lot of businesses, um, the bounce back loan was their only support. So they, they took out the facility to, to keep trading. But what it's done is burden the SME community with a, a very, very high level of debt. Um, there was a, a study came out last week that says that you know, the, the SME community, even adjusting for inflation, is, is in more debt than, than ever before. And the majority of that is down to the bounce back loan. So yeah. the, the, the long-term impact, well, we'll wait and see. Um, as much as I love lending money to people, or I love arranging finance, um, the debt burden of SMEs is, is chronic. It's, it's absolutely massive. And um, I do believe that it's going to be a really tough three, four years. So even if businesses recover, if they've got several tens if not hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of debt to be paid have taken on them it could be a drain for years to come it, it, just while you're talking just the lawyer inside of me um because there is one apparently uh it thinks that actually it's um where you've got businesses that are going to go uh go bust go into liquidation and there's a bounce back loan in there that was fraudulently applied for it's a really easy claim to bring against the director personally from a from a liquidator's ip's point of view isn't it jamie um you know they're, they're just going to be very easily to write a letter to the to the director saying you were in breach of your duties here this was fraudulent can you repay this sum back please um and lots of directors probably entering into the uh, into the bounce back loans on the basis that hey well there's no personal guarantee here there's no risk i can do it but they're going to find themselves in a lot of hot water i think um neil i was going to come to you uh, as as a new business effectively in the in the pandemic um uh is that do you think being a new business in in uh, starting in the in the pandemic as a new business do you think that actually helped you because you don't have that kind of uh, you've, you've not gone from good times into incredibly bad times and then started. You just start in the effectively the bad times, the worst, worst possible time to start a business. Uh, we're both in the same boat, but actually you fared really well. You think that that starting a new business has been a, a good thing, uh, benefit for you without having all that legacy of that debt uh, or that requirement to take on debt at the start of your um, start of the pandemic? 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we, I, I was going to also point out about the, the whole kickstart program because we're recruiting and just as linking to that new business and growth story, I think the kickstart's also been very good. I've heard lots of mixed stories about it, but um, in general, starting a new business in this pandemic, like you said, we don't know anything different. This is all we've known as a business, but our ability to get on because we are, without using lots of phrases, tech enabled and online ready to go, they're not, you know, we've not got machines in offices that we can't take back home or things like that. So we were just ready to go. And I think we were able to sort of take take advantage, I guess, of the opportunity in front of us. But we had to make it, you know, it didn't just happen. Yeah. Um, but the kickstart, I think, was the point I was going to make about, I think that's been a really good program. I'm not saying I don't know how successful it's been at people getting jobs for the long term, but I think it's given people opportunities to get out there that might not have otherwise happened. And I've heard a lot of positive stories on the business side, even if it's not a long-term job per se, they've actually given someone an opportunity. The business has benefited from having someone on board for a period of time. And that person's hopefully got some more either confidence or pay or something out of it. So that's been a positive. Equally, I'm sure there's lots of negative stories about it. But I think if I'm taking some positives from this general point, um, we have looked at it, but it's not necessarily right for us as a business. But I think it's been a good thing to get those people out there that may not have otherwise. Um, but it, yeah, it's not been an easy time. But I think if you've got the, your business in the right space, ignoring debt requirements, it's been a great time to start. It's, I, know, I know it's something that we've talked about in the past. And um, I know James is, uh, sort of has this view. I think he still holds this view, which is there was probably a lot of businesses that probably wouldn't have survived um, a major hit, whether or not as a pandemic or a customer defaulting or something like that, because their, their business wasn't being run properly or they're already lumbered with too much debt, um, that actually the pandemic just sent them over the edge. Um, and, and, and so you always kind of get that natural attrition on something like that. But um, Paul, there's, there's been stories over the last last year and, 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 and longer about, you know, people, more people setting up in business um, and, uh, you know, people that have, have been made redundant or lost jobs deciding rather than being, you know, going back into the into the workforce, actually setting up uh, on their own. Have, have you seen that? Have you sort of seen evidence of that, um, you know, new starters in the kind of the business community people joining or is it something that's just in the press? I haven't seen a lot of evidence uh, uh, to that in fairness, uh, uh, Stephen, <clears throat> but I do work at, work with an organisation that does um, market to startups. Um, and I think they have seen an increase in terms of the number of companies that are starting up, um, you know, compared to this time last year. And I, th I think it will happen. I think there will be more <clears throat> businesses that will create as a result of people that might have been on furlough that then be made uh, uh, redundant or whatever it might be. Uh, and other people that have actually enjoyed the freedom that they get from uh, working from home and decide to go and do their own their own um i wouldn't say that i've seen any any uh significant tidal wave of uh, of new businesses popping up yet but I, th I think it will come i think i think it just feels like spring will be the time when um you know things start to in the business world as well as in the uh, uh, natural world mm. Yeah. So, so do you think, um, question to everybody, jump in uh, as you want. In, in, in the round, do you think, well, obviously we're not out of this at the minute, right? We still have Boris talk, you know, talking on eight o'clock last night about, um, you know, moving back to tier four or whatever it is. And um, you know, things are looking grim and I'm afraid to say. Um, 
get boosted now, get boosted now, and get boosted now. And like, it, it, there's there's got to be a point where you know we we kind of come out of it. Maybe not. Maybe it's something that we just we're, it's around for the next five years or longer. Um, most a lot of businesses that I deal with and, and have spoken to, they've just kind of taken the attitude of well, you've just got to get on with it. You've just kind of got to get out there and stop moping around. And it seems to me that the where there's there's a lot of businesses and there always is like this people some people will moan about anything and everything and some people will see some opportunity and advantages so i've i personally i've seen lots of people that um that have been selling businesses for instance because they're so fed up with all the stuff that they have to do and this that and the other that the, the pandemic was just the final nail in the coffin and they've sold out because they're they're, they're basically you know want to retire and that's that but the opposite to that is someone taking advantage, taking the opportunity, and I've acted for a number of people doing that too, seeing the opportunities and going, I can get that. That's a really cheap business there because that guy just wants to bugger off and, and you know, I can pay him very little and, um, and have his business. And in a year's time, it will be making loads more money and load, it'd be really profitable because of X, Y, and Z. Um, so my point is that there's, there's always people that are pessimistic. There's always people that are optimistic. And, is it not just the, the same situation? You kind of make of make of what you're faced with. If, if life gives you lemonade, you make lemonade. If life gives you, <laughs> that's not right, is it? If life gives you lemonade, then sit back and drink it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess is what is what that. Uh, if life gives you lemons, then go and make lemonade. Is the saying, isn't it? And and that's the reality. Is some people will just go, oh, you know, well, this is this is bad, and it's been terrible, and I've not been able to claim this, and I wasn't able to claim uh, for this because I'm a direct. So I, I you know, didn't have the fur. I didn't, I weren't able to do this, and I couldn't get that. Um, those people are always going to be negative and, uh, and 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 kind of doomed from the start, aren't they? It's the people that are optimistic, go out there and. And get it and fight for it and fight for those opportunities that are going to make it isn't it james you think yeah well we spoke about this didn't we um in previous podcasts about whatever there's um challenges is opportunities and a lot of people and we've got two in the two of the five of us started a business in in lockdown and you've both done very well so you know it, it it's proof of that um with regard to your sort of first point about the world continuing i think we've now established that in a majority of cases COVID isn't a killer disease and it's something we're pretty going to have to learn to live with. So I'm a firm believer that we need, we need to get back to a normal life. But I've been of that view for several months now. And um, I, I don't see any good coming from continuing to, to shut down lockdown because I mean, one of the things you mentioned in your first question was, will there be any further government support for businesses? I'm pretty damn sure the answer is going to be no. Mm. I'd, I'd be staggered if there's any additional grants, loans, anything like that available and so for a lot of businesses further lockdown or whatever stage Boris Johnson calls it of of um of, of the emergency plan would kill a lot of businesses um if you know what we've seen already hasn't so I'm a firm believer and we need to crack on with things there's always going to be people complaining there's always going to be people who want to stay locked down forever but generally as in all these things you follow the money and the people who have benefits to stay locked down want to stay locked down those of us who actually want to get on with life and make money and help others make money. Well, we, we generally want to get back to normal. So I'm a big believer we just need to get back to normality now. Jamie, what do you think? Do you think um, if it gets worse in terms of restrictions that the government will just say, no, look, you've had your fill. There's no more, there's no more, you know, goodies coming for you. Make it on your own. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with James. I think um, you have to look at 
the last uh, sort of budget, um, it was all forward focusing, a long term forward focusing. And there was very little talk about about COVID and, and stuff in the budget. It was all about kind of the health and social care and, and, and trying to go green um, and stuff like that and kind of restructures to certain systems. I'm looking at the restructures to the, you know, the alcohol duty system. If, if the government was worried about COVID and having to think about things, that would just be put on the back burner. We wouldn't be worrying about that now. But, um, you know, I think we've, you know, look at where the, you know, the national debt is. It's, you know, sky high. Um, it can't get any higher. Otherwise, we might as well just, you know, we might as well just stay at home and the government gives us a, a load of money and, and pays every bill that, that's going. Um, I mean, actually, even if you look at the energy crisis, um, that was the one time where the government could have helped actually in the budget. Mm. didn't touch it at all mm. we're kind of going everyone's on their own we've done what we've done with the price cap and you're on your own effectively and i think that's where they that they are now i think they're they're desperately trying to avoid um another lockdown i think you only have to look at the reported um sort of tory backbench revolt that's coming this week um possibly based around other stuff that's been going on with, with parties and so on but you know quite a lot of tories seem to be wanting to vote against plan b so i think Plan C is going to be a real struggle to get through. So I think, mm. I think they're on there. I think we, uh, as James says, I think we're we're here to stay and we've got to get on with it. We, I, was, I was going to say, you know, on the general uh, point that James made about opportunities and taking advantage, you know, as a business, we're continuing to recruit. We're hoping to get an next person in Jan and then maybe someone again later on in Q2 and maybe another one in Q4. And it's, just because we can see the future and not that we've got that crystal ball, but we're going to get on, you know, and you have to skirt around some of those discussions about will they or will they not be in the office? But, you know, where most people we talk to are of a similar mindset and let's get on with this as best we can, minding the rules and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I think we can only see opportunity ahead as opposed to focusing on you know, it's control of controllables and that sort of thing, isn't it? We can, we can recruit, we can get on, get on. We're not yeah. waiting to see what someone else does. Yeah, you see, you see what you look for, don't you, at the end of the day. So as was touched on previously, you know, that those people that are more drains than radiators, um, you know, will always have a negative outlook. And it's probably those businesses making a broad generalisation that, you know, probably suffer the most because they've let the situation impact them. You know, small businesses are a tough old bunch, really. Um, and I think you said the last 20 months, you know, we, we've learned to expect the unexpected, haven't we? Um, and, you know, whilst there's been some... Uh, uh, you know, sad stories and some tragedies with, with certain businesses. Um, I think others have just soldiered on and, um, you know, that the economy needs the SME world to uh, soldier on, doesn't it? Because it contributes so much to uh, UK PLC. Um, so I think from that, that point of view, you know, I, th I think we've got to have a positive outlook. I, I think, I think putting this in lockdown again will be an absolute nightmare. I think we've just got to find a way of moving forward. The virus isn't going to go away. It's going to mutate because that's what viruses do. Um, you know, as long as we're monitoring it and maintaining it and looking after those people that are most vulnerable, you know, we, we have just got to crack on really with the virus around us. Just occurs to me, has anybody thought about instructing a lawyer to write to the virus and say stop? Because <laughs> it works a lot of the time, just a strongly worded lawyer's letter. My, yeah, my my nephew, who's just turned four, so he was probably about uh, just over two. Um, he had he had it all solved um, that he was going to get the virus. Um, and he was going to trick it with a cake and get it into the back of a van, and then it was going to drive really really fast, and then the virus would go away. I mean, 
I mean, Frankly, I voted for that plan. Yeah. He's a genius. That's better than anything Keir Starmer came up with. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, that's... Uh, uh, one of the things that we um, that we mentioned a lot over the course of the the Business Herald podcast was um, was kicking the can down the road, in effect deferring the the liability of all of the good things the government was doing, all of the inputs the government was doing that we just talked about there. Um, we started to see a, a little bit of impact uh, on that in the in the last budget or the last tax announcements in terms of. Uh, freezing of tax um, threshold levels and increasing, you know, certain taxes uh, to help pay for it. And, you know, the amount of extra additional tax that the government have got to reclaim back. And there's only a couple of ways in which they can do that, uh, which is increase taxes uh, and or uh, work harder to reclaim the taxes that have, have not been paid. You know, even the ones that have been, you know, fraudulently uh, claimed or people, um, you know, not claiming, uh, not reporting as they should do on, on accounts and that kind of thing, and actually going after arrears and, um, and, and that kind of thing. Um, do you think, uh, oh, combined with that, we have a situation um, in the economy where we have uh, potential inflationary pressures um, in, in the marketplace. UK's got it, worldwide's got it, America's about 6% um, inflation in, in the US. Um, but with central banks still wanting to keep down um, uh, um, their, their base rates and, and, and kind of toying with the idea of whether or not it can be increased or not, um, most countries are still doing a little bit of, uh, of QE as well and printing some money. That probably will stop. The, the the question is, with with all of that happening, are we in a little bit of a uh, a potential perfect storm? Is this all going to you know, come out of this, and actually, then we're all going to struggle because we're going to be hit with higher taxes and higher inflation, and we're all going to be absolutely skint and, and go into a recession? Or is it something that is because we have the the, the management techniques of the Bank of England in in this place, um, where they can manage the in, 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 uh, inflation rates against uh, interest rates against inflation rates, is it something that's more manageable? James, a question for you as our chief economist. Got a lot to get through there, isn't it? Um, You've got it, twelve it, seconds. Yeah, it's an unfortunate <laughs> situation because. I mean, I don't know the sort of level of people who would be listening to this, but the traditional tool for um, HMRC or the government to control inflation is to raise interest rates, which takes away people's um, casual spending because they're having to pay more on their mortgage, etc. The difficulty at the moment is at a time when the economy is very fragile, increasing interest, increasing the Bank of England base rate and i.e. increasing people's mortgage payments may put them underwater. So it's a bit of, it's a, bit of a real conundrum and clearly... With the government not being hugely popular at the moment, I don't think adding um, 100 quid a month onto everyone's mortgage payments will make them especially unpopular either. With regard to a perfect storm, yeah, I, I believe it's a possibility. I really hope not. But you look at all the key economic factors of increasing inflation, which isn't showing any real signs of calming down, increased energy prices, which can be included in inflation, depending on the measure you use base rate being stuck where it is. And but, but the probability of it having to increase in the next six months plus the end of the COVID measures, there is a real kind of potential of a car crash. Um, I'm sure the government are, are well aware of this. If not, then they, they should be, certainly. And hopefully they're taking steps to um, um, take care of it. The, the traditional response of raising taxes is, is always there. But as we know, that the people who are most likely to have to pay the taxes are the ones who are least likely to actually pay them. So I think that's going to be a challenge. And I think for the, the SME owner, listening to this, I think it's going to be a continued challenge for us because 
I, I, I suspect there'll be further changes to dividend tax. I suspect there'll be further loopholes shut now, which us as small business owners try and take advantage of. So I think we'll be an easy first target to generate additional tax revenue. And I would say if you are a small business owner, um, it's probably best to brace yourself for that coming in the next 12 months or so. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, you um, you touched upon having seen already a number of people that um, are seeking advice on like back, bounce back loans and stuff like that. Um, but I guess over the pandemic, in an odd, oddly, odd way, it's meant that you know, your kind of line of business, particularly in the corporate insolvencies, has been pretty flat and quiet. But are you guys expecting that to, you know, to change coming out to, you know, going into 2020? Is that where you see uh, the, the sort of, it's a hard word to say, but the boom for you guys? Yeah, so the bounce back loan and the kicking the can down the road, um, just so I can say it, um, has has meant that insolvency numbers for the whole of 2020 were about 20, just under 30% lower than they were in 2019. Um, August and September were the first months that got back to effectively the 2019 levels of insolvency, if you want to call that effectively the base level. Um, so we've, we've just got back there. Um, and then, so we haven't even dealt with the effects of, of, of the pandemic, really. If you're going to say, well, there's been a global pandemic, there's been shutdowns, more businesses will fail as a result of that when that's still got to come um and i think we've been anticipating the the boom the rise as, as you call it to come at some point um i think the big thing that that will happen when uh, hmrc are now starting to to pursue people for the for the historic taxes um and, and the tax that's actually due and that's normally the major the major trigger uh, for, for, for businesses to come and seek advice from someone like ourselves um but at the minute if you kind of probably 80% of the businesses that we're seeing are not coming into, into our offices and the initial inquiry and kind of saying, well, oh, the pandemic's, the pandemic's been the thing that's, that's finished my business off. Um, we've had a few, we've had, you know, some that have, you know, sort of done catering for weddings and you kind of go, okay, yeah, you lost an entirety of last year. Um, you can understand why, why you've been struggling. Um, but actually if businesses that are coming at the minute aren't blaming the pandemic, then these are probably the businesses that would have failed last year but for the support schemes that have enabled them to get another 12 18 months down the road um so the ones that are going to feel the effects of the pandemic must still be to come so yeah in, in a short as a short answer yes it's coming but not entirely sure when neil um i know you can't you know give any kind of financial advice or prediction of the future in terms of markets and stuff like that but you must have clients that uh, that are worried about um, you know investments and uh, and that kind of thing, worried about the market. So, what do you kind of say to them? Do you do you kind of give them a general steer on things, or is it just a matter of like, well, making sure that the portfolio is managed? I suppose definitely the latter, but I think you know markets are oft, oft frequently at highs, not all at highs, and therefore people are you know some people are concerned about that. But I think you know our approach is looking still there's still plenty of opportunity there's still lots of potential out there it's just if you were buying the traditional portfolios or the traditional assets you might struggle into next year uh, and beyond but there's still plenty of opportunity out there and you know if if people looked at when is the ideal time to sell if there ever was one there's always something else to come in in history, historical terms 
So, you know, people often do look for that, oh, I should sell out because I'm worried. But actually, if you look at history, that hasn't typically worked. So I think, you know, for us, we're broadening people's portfolios. That might be meaning taking a few more um, uh, investments on and just trying to look for those wider opportunities. But I was going to say earlier about, you know, I think the issue the government are also facing is you've still got a lot of people out there who have actually done well, and the pandemic is, is from a financial perspective, if nothing else. So you've you've got even more of this disparate society. So, you know, raising interest rates and the, like uh, James mentioned about energy, et cetera, that can really hurt people. The people who still got cash and still got money have still got it and will still spend. So I think, you know, to a degree, there's still, you know, the opportunity there because the world is still to a degree awash with cash and debt. Um, so I think I think that will just continue. But for the majority of our clients, it's, you know, we keep going with the same mantra, but trying to use the expertise to try and modify portfolios a bit to look forward. But the gains of what we've seen over the last, call it two years, are not going to be repeated in 2022, no. for sure. Mm, no. So I think some people have seen that and think, oh, it's going to be great, isn't it? If you can do that in a recession, but... Uh, mm. Paul, you're a man who has, uh, to put it politely, seen a number of recessions. <laughs> um, tough uh, crowd. What a tough crowd. Tough crowd. Um, so the, the, technically, there was a recession. I think technically um, there was a recession last year. It was um, a period of uh, negative um, growth, whatever that word is called. I can't think of the definition of inflation right now. Um, but... Uh, I think there was a, t- a technical recession, um, but not one that was lasting and, uh, you know, like, like the previous one, like 2008, for instance, the ones that it had before. Um, so what, uh, as someone who's is, is seen a number of um, recessions, what's the kind of the, the top tip for, you know, weathering it and coming out the other side and, and actually, you know, surviving and, and then thriving afterwards? Well, I think it's all, it's like any business, isn't it, really? It's all down to how you manage your cash flow at the end of the day, because we all know that's that's potentially what <clears throat> where how businesses end up in Jamie's office is because they've just run out of money, you know, and they just can't pay the bills that are due. So I think, you know, to be harsh about it, you know, sometimes during recessions, sometimes like what we've been through, um, there is a bit of a cleansing of businesses that potentially weren't running themselves that well um, or were pretty much on the margin in terms of, you know, that there's their solvency. Um, and therefore, you know, as soon as there's a, there's a little bit of a, 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 a jolt or some whatever the word is, um, you know, that they're not going to be able to survive it because they're just not managing their business in an effective way to make sure that they've got provisions or, uh, you know, enough money in the bank to, to weather, weather any storm coming. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of businesses will thrive in a recession because, you know, some people do different things, don't they? You know, a lot of people cut back on their marketing and their training spend during a recession. Uh, you know, marketing is probably the worst thing to sort of like cut back on at the end of the day because you need to be out there more effectively if there's less opportunities out there. Um, so I think there's, there's little things like that. So yeah, I'd say it's sort of just don't stop your marketing, you know, just focus on what's working for you um, and, and put your efforts there and just keep an eye on your on your cash flow. Cash is king, as they say. Um, So uh, last week when the government announced their Plan B um, option, um, uh, it was work from home if you can, um, was the message that's been relayed. Not, uh, it's not mandatory, you don't have to work from home as in previous lockdowns and restricted periods, but work from home if you can. Um, 
so my question that I've got is, but do you think people will do that now, having gone back into the workplace? The people that want to work in the office usually are the people that like to work in the office. They like to have people around them. They don't want to be working from home. They want to mix and mingle and collaborate and all of those keywords. Do you think now that people will actually go back to working from home, i.e. the people that like working in the office? Or do you think we just now have a couple of categories of people, the ones that like working in the office, they'll stay working in the office, the ones that are kind of, you know, like maybe a day or two in the office, but happy to work from home, and the people that are like me, that are loners and weirdos and just want to stay out of the way of everybody and stay in the office, and I'm completely fine with working from home. Do you think we just have those three types of people now, or... Do you think at some point everybody will go back to sort of 2019 way, which is everybody working in the office? Uh, Neil, you're in the office uh, right now. What's your view on it? Well, judging by the M1 this morning, um, no change. Um, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people that have worked from home, continue to work from home, all of the above. But also there's HR departments and corporates that are scared of everything and anything. So there probably are more that are going to work from home than maybe in the last half of the year. Um, but in general, I think you're right. I think most people who want to be in are in. Um, but it's certainly if traffic is concerned, then no change. And it's just carry on. I think, you know, like I was saying this morning, we're interviewing people and it's, you know, they're, they're, they were encouraged that we were in the office, even though the, you know, whatever the guidelines are. They want to see people together and collaborating, even if they're not loners at home and they want to be in. Mm. I am wearing slippers at the moment, just in case anybody <laughs> was interested. Um, Jamie, you're, uh, you look like you're also in the office. Um, so are you one of those people that like working in the office and will carry on working in the office? Yeah, I think so. I mean, same as you know, Neil was talking about. My, I don't go on the M1 to get to work, but looking out the uh, out the window at the car park, I think it's exactly as full as it was on Friday, um, or, or even last Monday. Um, I don't think anything's anything's changed there. I think from our point of view as, as a firm, as I've, as I've mentioned, we, it was quiet. So actually, the inefficiencies of working from home as a team were kind of that was okay because. Um, we were quieter so it effectively could be absorbed but actually now we're a little bit busier i think we're all kind of going actually we all need to be in because you know, there's a lot of us kind of going well i could work from home but actually i need to plan and i need the printer or i need you know to be able to communicate with other members of the team and and yeah i think most of us are going to are going to stay working in the office um yeah i've kind of you know and actually my office is now full of lego at home so i'd have to take all that apart and uh it's um yeah, so I'm going to come into work uh, purely because that's just going to be a pain to do. So, yeah, and and what doing Lego in the office isn't is frowned upon, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't have it in the office. You know, you know, with everyone else, I, do, I it's in my home office because uh, it's the biggest table at home. And actually, if, well, if I did it on the kitchen table, then that would get frowned upon at home. So, right, or or your colleagues going, Jamie, can you help me with this? I'm in the middle of something. Yeah, no, but it's not work. It's Lego. Lego is work, okay? Yeah, do you mind? I'm currently building, yeah, you know, Hogwarts Castle. I'll come back to me in, you know, in, in five minutes or something, yeah. Um, James, the, uh, the, 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 the corollary of people working from home or not working from home was an impact on sort of office space and, um, and commercial property. Have you seen, um, you know, kind of any changes in, in, in that market in terms of people looking at, at, at buying or more people selling business, uh, um, commercial property or anything like that? Well, you, I think you 
only really have to walk down High Street to see the, some of the problems faced by the retail sector. I think with, um, <clears throat> with most officers, because they're tied to long leases and because they had um, protection from the government from eviction, etc., I, th I think that the upshot of that is yet to be felt. So I think that will happen in the next sort of two, three years. But I was in um, the mid middle of um, Leicester yesterday and the High Street was just, it's just full of kebab shops. Uh, which presumably on very short-term leases, if any leases at all, and I, I do I do fear for that. Now that's not just because of COVID, of course, because that's been happening for a number of years. Yeah. But I, I do believe that it's going to be an issue, and I think that the high street has changed because not we mentioned working from home there, but it's not just working from home, is it? We're now ordering shopping from home a lot more than we were. I mean, I, I was while I, while I was on the toilet earlier, I ordered the new moisturizer for myself. You know, you'll be like. And, and TMI, um, definitely TMI. Honestly, yeah, I thought I was being candid by talking about slippers, but you've uh, you've gone well far. Well, I thought I thought I'd cross the line, and um, I, I I believe that that's probably that the next that that that's a step that's been taken during the pandemic. Now, while we're, a lot of us have shopped from home for a period of time, I personally we've probably gone from fifty percent shopping at home. It's now probably eighty percent, if not ninety percent, and I suspect a lot of people are the same. So. I think the behavioural change we've seen that's been forced upon us, uh, which includes things like home shopping, home banking, and also working from home, is probably here to stay. But I do believe with regard to home working, that there will be a lot of settling down. Everything was thrown up in the air for six months, whatever it was, and now we're settling down. And we're going to see HR departments, as you mentioned, get involved. People are going to, a lot of people who are in demand are going to demand the option to be able to work from home two, three days a week. Um, and I think it's, it's going to become a more normal thing, not just for us guys like you and myself, Stephen, who are at home by ourselves in our home office, but also for big companies like my old employers in the, in the bank, where actually for child reasons, for lifestyle reasons, someone wants to work from home from their kitchen table for two days a week. And it's going to be hard to say no to that from a human resources point of view. Yeah. So, so James only goes to the high street now for kebabs. Is that right? That's pretty much where we are, yeah, for a, a donna, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, that's good. One of the uh, one of the things I'd like to talk about as well is what for you as an individual or your business has been uh, the biggest lesson that you've learned over the last year, um, and then secondly, what you might do differently in twenty twenty two. So the biggest lesson that you or your business has learned over the first year. Um, so I'll come to Paul first. Uh, probably not to take things for granted. Um, and as I touched on it, you know, probably to expect the unexpected. Um, because, you know, first year of COVID, obviously, as, as uh, a bulk of my business is networking, and then it was the transition of going uh, uh, from face to face to online very, very quickly, which managed to achieve. And now we're sort of in a limbo state, I guess, as we're coming back into a mix of face to face and virtual. Um, so it's, it's just, it's, yeah, just not taking things for granted. And I think what I did recently is I had a little powwow with some of my members, really just to help give me direction um, and get feedback from them about the type of thing that they, they want you know, ask your customers, sort of makes sense. Um, so, yeah, so, so what I'll do differently next year is probably ask my customers more just to get their feedback, you know, because we're, we're on this journey together um, and just adapt my business accordingly. Um, 
and deliver you know deliver things that, that are either different or uh, that they want specifically or don't want more importantly you know the stuff i'm offering that isn't of interest then why continue to offer it so yeah it's 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 just that it's just that really not taking things for granted um expecting the unexpected and just being adaptable when you know when certain things are thrown at us through whatever through whatever means mm, yeah that's good neil um so i think the biggest it's not really the biggest lesson but thing i've taken away is just continue doing things our way and that might be me personally might be us as a business but you know we've had a fantastic 21 and that's because i believe partly because we just continue to do it our way so just almost believe in yourself corny whatever but that's what i've taken away just keep that going and not lose that emphasis of us um but in terms of doing things differently for 22 um I think for me, it's probably going to be, or us as a business, it's as we do grow, it's learning and adapting to be able to whether it's outsource or or just delegate or because, you know, we've grown as a business doing it ourselves to a large part. But as we grow, and that's, I think, our biggest challenge and doing it differently is just expanding that um, letting go a bit, which is almost the to the contrary of doing it our way because we've almost been doing it ourselves sure. but that's gonna be a challenge for next year for sure yeah absolutely it's a it's a it's a challenge for any growing business isn't it to to have that you know the the, the owners of the foundations founders uh, personality and way of doing something uh in in a business that grows and you know you take your business from from nothing to a million to five million ten million but you still want to have that personality of who, who you are and what that business is it's 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 a difficult thing to achieve because you've then got people working for it and people make their own mind up and do the do things slightly differently so having that uh the, the, the culture of the business passed down and, and fundamental to uh to it really really important businesses achieve it businesses can do it but it's uh it just requires leadership from the top and yeah so it's a, it's a good challenge to have though um jamie what's your What's the biggest lesson that you think you've learned over the, the course of the last year or 18 months or so? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one uh, for, for me personally and, and as a family. Um, we've watched these shows about sort of going green and, and, uh, and everything in the past and kind of gone, well, you know, if, if Tesco, for example, I'm going to pick on them, kind of say, well, you can buy a bag of carrots in a plastic bag and it's half the price of just buying the same carrots out of a plastic bag, then I've got to wait for Tesco's to but their ideas up and, and go and change. And actually we we decided when we watched a load of shows at, around the time of um, COP26 that, that actually we didn't have to do that. We were going to, we could do it ourselves. Um, my wife um, has done a lot of research and actually found a lot of small local businesses that will, that will do it for us. Um, and so enable us to make that change and kind of do our little bit. Um, because you know, kind of, I quite like my my son to grow up in a world that's sort of, I don't know, not permanently on fire, um, or um, you know, he's actually got to go to you know go to Iceland for a nice beach holiday because it's too hot everywhere else. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be our big thing is to carry on doing that and trying to improve kind of one product at a time in in next year. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, interesting stuff, um, James. Well, I, th- I think the one thing that I've I've learned from from an SME point of view is that despite all the, the doom and gloom that we've sort of really touched upon here, it just demonstrates to me how continued how resilient the SME marketplace is and how resilient SME owners are. I mean, we're all, you know, 
Paul Paul's used a lot more SME owners than me with a couple hundred people in his networking community, but I doubt whether that many have actually gone bust, have they? I've seen a lot of the same faces over and over again, and I think we're fighting through, and I think we're coming through the other side, so I think the resilience is really there. Which I haven't learned it per se, but it's certainly been reinforced. And as regards to moving forward into 2022, I think you have to look at what's happened over the last 18 months and try and and try and pick the things that have been good out of it and continue to do them. So the format we're, we're, we're talking here on, on, on Zoom, that's something which I think I've been on once in my entire life before lockdown. Well, now most of us, well, for a period, we were on it several times a day, weren't we? And I would imagine that certainly there's people here who are conducting interviews via Zoom now and probably will continue to do so going forward. So that's a massive time saver for me. And if you're concerned about green issues, as Jamie's touched upon there, then it's a massive factor there too. So I think picking the things that maybe have been forced upon us, which are beneficial, such as this, such as rethinking your marketing strategy for an ever-changing world, are certainly things I'm going to take forward into 2022. Because if you cut, if you, you know, as you said earlier, well, you said it about seven different times. If life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Or if it gives you lemonade, make lemons. Whatever it is you said. I realise I don't really like lemons. Yeah. I quite like lemonade, though. <laughs> it, it, it's always best, though. If life does give you lemons, find some sugar first before you make the lemonade. That's the, or make uh, some pancakes and have them both. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so for me, actually, I, my my learning, James, was very similar uh, also to that um, anything you were talking about there about Zoom. So when I set my business up, um, you know, coming up to two years ago uh, now, January 2020, I was very keen to do, uh, as Neil talked about, making it, you know, digital first, you know, do, doing everything online. It's all paperless. Uh, having remote meetings where possible by video call. I, I think I was one of the first people to have Zoom downloaded and ready to go before everyone knew what Zoom was. No one knew what it was and so didn't know how to use it. Um, but it was there and it was within the plan. That's what, you know, that's where I wanted to go. And so I think what I've learned over the course of the whole pandemic is that there was many, many meetings that did that that could have happened that didn't need to have happened face to face and were a lot quicker to happen online um, in terms of when they happen online. They're a shorter meeting. They're easier to set up. They're easier to organize. There's less travel between them. Um, and it means you can get on, you know, you can you can uh, finish what you're doing, get on with the meeting and then get on with what you've got to do afterwards. So there's less time um, uh, wasted as well as the, the, the travel and the environmental issues. Um, but there comes a downside with that as well. And, and one of the things that I, I've realized or have seen is that in, in setting up my business, all of my clients are new clients. I, I weren't able, wasn't able to go to existing clients and, 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 and poach them at all or anything like that. So everyone is a new client for me. And clients are all about relationships. And so it's, it's, it's great that I've had clients and repeat clients because of the service I've provided and, and delivered and the advice that I've done and people like me, hopefully, and all of that kind of thing. It's really good. But actually, it's relationship driven. And what I've, I think I've, the conclusion I reach is that those Zoom meetings, team meetings are really, really good. But you don't cement a relationship as well as you do by going out and meeting somebody in their factory warehouse or offices um, and actually seeing somebody and sitting down with a cup of tea and going through the contract that I've got to review um, and, and having some of that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that sort of small talk um, and, and getting to know them as an individual person. That's how you build relationships. And, and I think 
I feel like I've, I've missed a little bit of that. So I've got some clients that have been repeat customers and spent quite a lot of money with me over the last year or two years. But do I know them as well as some of the clients that I would see on a regular basis and have in or go out for lunch or go and meet them in the office and have a tour around the building and all of that kind of thing? I don't, don't think I do. So, so for me, it's like this has worked really well. The online, online meetings has worked really well. It's tremendous. And I definitely want to keep that up and reduce the amount of travel um, and time taken on, on wasted meetings. But at the same time, I think there's a there's a lot of meetings that aren't wasted by having them face to face and going out and meeting people and building those relationships. I still think is really important. Um, good. That was my uh, solo. Um, so <laughs> anything else? Has anybody else got anything that uh, that you thought you'd like to talk about that's happened over the last year that you thought was was worth uh, chipping in right at the end? Not other than, I don't think, sorry, I don't know how long each of us have known each other, but to your point then, Stephen, I think there has been a lot of relationships that have been built positively out of all this. I'd like to think it's positively. I don't know when I'll speak to all of you ever again after this, but, you know, generally it has expanded networks, I think, as a general point. And I think, um, but you're right. I, I definitely agree about the personal thing, but equally, I think as businesses, a lot of us have, benefited from growing and doing this sort of stuff so that's you know is a definite positive hmm. it, it feels like that in the networking context that it's brought businesses closer together i think there's been a lot more sort of reality checking or people you know really letting people know what's going on for their business uh, whereas you know networking can be a bit of uh, bs every now and again you're putting a front on you know to appear that everything's rosy uh, but I think certainly over the last 20 months, it feels like to me that, that people have little, you know, worn their heart on their sleeve a little bit more and opened up a little bit more. And as a result of that, I think it's just helped that collaborative and supportive nature between businesses. I think hopefully, you know, there's a lot more empathy now uh, for, for those businesses that aren't doing that well at whatever time. Uh, whereas maybe before that, that wasn't so noticeable. Mm. Yeah, the, the sort of the realness of business, because mm. we're, we're all in this together um uh almost yeah that the, the people can start to be a bit more real yeah good um okay well if uh, no one's got anything else to add then we'll wrap it up there shall we thanks for coming along thanks for having us thanks for I, having I normally have a pre-prepared script to read at the end of a uh, of a podcast but <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one today so that's about it thanks very much for listening and um, and my intention is to have a, at least a monthly podcast moving forward in the new year. And um, and if, if I don't, then hold me to it, hold me accountable, either the people on this call or the listeners uh, that are listening. If there's not one in January, get on to me and say, why isn't there one? Come on, demand action and, uh, and we'll make it happen. But otherwise, have a very good Christmas and, uh, and an incredibly prosperous new year. And I hope that um, we can move past the whole virus being a, uh, a, 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 a threat and make it into an opportunity and we all thrive and do incredibly well in 2020. Here's hoping, hey. Thanks very much. Goodbye. <laughs>